Hi everyone, Lauren here with a new episode today. But before we get into that, I just wanted to give you guys a couple of updates about what's been going on with me. So if you are not on or following me on Inkit right now, I tend to post more personal updates on my Inkit platform than I do on Facebook just to kind of keep them separate. But if you are following me on Inkit, just want to let you know that I just had my second interview for a position at work. It would be a sort of promotion if I were to get it. So hopefully, fingers crossed that I will. Um, I've been waiting for this job to open up or this particular position within my company to open up for two years now. I lost out on it two years ago to somebody else and I was so upset. But <laughs> hopefully, it's my time now. So I'll give you guys an update in, I guess, the next couple of weeks if that happens. The other thing is, is I finally got my couch in my study. It took Wayfair like two months to give me my couch. And I finally come home after work on a Saturday. And, it was, and I work very long weekend hours. I work anywhere between probably 12 to 14 hour shifts on Saturday and Sunday. That's why you guys don't see me post a lot on my Inkit page. But... Uh, they dropped it off. I was able to get it inside here by myself and I put it together and it's funny because I couldn't find the instructions and I was like, God, where are these instructions? Did not come with instructions. So I'm like, well, I guess I'll try and put it together myself. And I was like, you know, there's four legs. So, you know, probably should go at corners. Right. So <laughs> I put it together and at the very end, I find the instruction sheet and I was like, are you, kidding me and I was like well I'm not taking this couch apart to put any of the little extra pieces that I don't think are very are like necessary for the couch like there are these little circular plastic discs that I was supposed to put on the end of each leg and then screw it in and I was like well it ain't hurting anything <laughs> it's just in my study it's not going to be like a, a well-used couch or anything it's just for me when I decide I don't want to sit in my computer desk for the day but uh, my study area is finally complete for the most part. I just got to get some throw pillows, like a little, little cutesy in here, you know. But that's probably why you're not hearing echoing as bad as I was when I was doing the previous episodes for this podcast. And also, good news, I just placed an order for a microphone that should make it a little easier to hear these podcasts because uh, at first I was like, do I really need a microphone? I don't know. I was just using the one on my laptop and I was like, well, you know, I should probably, should probably look into it. So I did. And it really wasn't that expensive. I just Googled like best microphones for podcasting. I just bought, I just bought them with the highest ratings. So it was like 50 bucks. So it wasn't really that bad, that bad. So that should come in next week. As for spooky season, what's going on here, I am gearing up to decorate my house. My next day off is on Friday, so I'm probably going to go out into the world and buy some more some more Halloween stuff because I'm obsessed with Halloween and start decorating the outside and the inside of my house for Halloween. And my cats already have costumes. <laughs> they have costumes 
I, I think I'm not sure if any of them are going to wear them for more than like two seconds, but I will put them in their costumes and I will take a picture for you guys. One is a pumpkin and the other one is a spider. <laughs> so we'll see. I think I had Maverick in the spider costume last year, but he like immediately ripped it off. He's like, no, no, this is awful. I don't like these leggy things. And I think that's what it was. He didn't like the legs. So I might end up getting him a different costume this year. But for now, those are the two that I have. Um, my other cat was a pumpkin. He's a very cute pumpkin, by the way. <laughs> so I'm thinking about making Cotton the pumpkin this year. But we'll see. He might be like Maverick and just rip that stuff off, too. I don't know. But as long as I can get my one good picture, I'm okay with it. <laughs> So there's some updates on my spooky season. So for this episode, I was actually thinking about since I was I was bashing a little bit on or not bashing, but I was uh, I was making fun of the romance novels in the last episode. I was thinking that maybe we can just continue that trend and make fun of some other genres. And it's all in good fun. I don't want anybody to get offended. I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm just having a good time with it. So I, the, what, the genre that I wanted to talk about this time was poetry. And the reason I decided to talk about poetry instead of going to like fantasy or adventure or mysteries or anything was because I think poetry is pretty much where everybody kind of gets their foot in the door to start writing like actual novels and stuff. From what I've seen and heard from most people that have started writing is they start with poetry first and and then that gradually kind of leads them into a direction for like the kind of genre that they like to write in, gets them a feel for, you know, people like their writing or not, that kind of thing. I think we've all kind of started with poetry, at least at some point in life on this journey of writing. So in my experience, I actually did start with poetry. I did not write any books or attempt to write books until I started poetry and it's funny because um, it was an old high school friend and she really wanted me to write poetry with her. I don't know why she needed me to write poetry with her to make her feel confident, but I was like, hey, you know, sure, we can, we can write poetry together. And, and so, and so there was this website and it was called darkpoetry.com. If you haven't heard of it, I believe it's still around, but it, it, it was called darkpoetry.com. And of course it featured <laughs> dark poetry. Like it was very like emo style. Like, and this, and this all happened like in the early, well, it was like the mid 2000s. So like 2006, 2007, 2008 kind of thing. Uh, Cause I graduated high school in 2010. So it was, it was that kind of thing from 2006 to 2010. But anyways, and that's when the emo style was very prevalent. I think all me and all my friends, we wore, we wore the, the, the black, you know, trip pants and the, the shirt, you know, that had like the band names and things on them. You know, we all went to Hot Topic and Spencer's and stuff. Spencer's before it just, before it was, what it is now <laughs> Spencer's and, and hot topic before what it is now. Cause I've been, I've been into hot topic recently and it was not like that 
in 2006. It was definitely a lot darker. You always had screamo music blaring, and it was actually like gothic stuff in there. They did have band t-shirts and stuff, but it wasn't anything like it is now, where it's more like a fandom kind of thing than it than it than it is servicing the goth and the emo kid. But anyway, so pre 2010. Okay, I'm just gonna go with that. So I was in that crowd. I was considered more probably skater punk though i didn't real. i didn't necessarily i wore the chains and stuff in my pants but i usually i wore cargo pants and things like that but i also wore like the skinny jeans too so uh i guess i was more skater punk but anyways <laughs> but anyways uh so we started so she's she's the one who found the website and she told me about it and she's like yeah you, can, you know you can start posting here you can just post your poetry on there for free comment they like it they whatever and I was like okay I was like yeah I, I guess I've never tried writing poetry before but sure I'll, I'll I'll give it a whirl so so we did we wrote poetry and then I got some of my other friends onto the site too because I was getting pretty good feedback on my poetry and I was like oh this is pretty nice you know and then I, I, I'd write comments about people's poetry too I mean I wasn't we weren't we weren't like grammatically correcting each other or anything, but we were like writing like, oh, like, yeah, that's deep, man. I really feel that in my soul, you know, that kind of stuff. And and I was actually really excited because uh, one of my poems got poetry of the day. And I was like, oh, my gosh, my life is complete as an emo kid. My dark poem has gotten poetry of the day. <laughs> so exciting. It's like the highlight of my high school career. <laughs> but uh but yeah, and we started writing together, and I wrote a, a ton of poetry on that website. I did, and I think I took most of it down, but I actually still have a whole folder on my computer with all of my old poems on there. And at around that time I was writing dark poetry, I had written a poem about Pandora. And if you guys don't know what Pandora, who Pandora was, that was, you know, the old the old Greek story about Pandora that opens Pandora's box and releases the sins into the world or whatever. And I actually submitted that into a writing contest at my school and I won I won the county and I think the state um competition. I don't think I won regionals. I, I can't I can't remember if I won regionals or not, but I remember getting like a certificate and they're like, Yeah, you won and I was like, What? No way. I was like, ah, so that was exciting. So, <laughs> but I used to write a lot of poetry about, for some reason, I wrote a lot of poetry about Greek gods and goddesses. And then I would write other poems about other things. But, but for some reason, the pagan, pagan gods from different uh, cultures kind of <laughs> influenced my work. But I mean, I guess it's not, it's not, anything new i mean greek and and roman and celtic and and german like everybody they they i find their history just intensely fascinating so i wasn't really surprised that <laughs> that a lot of my poems kind of reflected that one of my favorite authors it's funny. It's funny that I started writing poetry and I didn't even think about this. But my favorite author is Dante Alighieri, for uh, the guy, uh, the person that wrote the uh, the Inferno and um, Purgatorio and you know the, tr the trilogy, basically the Divine Comedy. 
Like, I am obsessed with Dante's Inferno. And honestly, I tell everybody, I was like, if that man, if that man was alive today, I would totally marry him. I don't care. I loved his mind. I thought he was so intellectual. Like, yes, he was excommunicated from the church, but I mean, like, he, he had, he had interesting view on the world. It was just super fascinating. So I actually wrote a poem inspired by Dante's Inferno and the circle that it all that I always found the most interesting was the woods of the suicides where it was basically the circle and I think it's like the eighth circle in hell or something. It's either the seventh or the eighth one. I want to say it's the eighth. But basically where if you commit suicide you would go to that circle and you would become a tree and you would you would never be able to actually speak to anybody unless you were being hurt and then they could hear your voice because that would, because, because in real life, that's how you felt. You felt like the only way that anybody would hear you is if is, was when you're dead or when you're dying. So I, I, that always just sat very profoundly with me. And so I wrote a poem inspired by Dante's Inferno, specifically by that um, chapter, or Cantos, whatever they called it. And I presented it at a poetry reading in the local library, and they actually wanted to not publish it, but like hang it on the wall and stuff because they really liked it. they really liked it, and they put it on like their website, I believe. Um, I never actually saw it because I, I didn't go to the local library very much. I was a library kid, but I was a library kid in high school. Like I actually ran the circulation desk uh, pretty much in high school and I would eat lunch in the library. Like I was in a book club and we would meet in the library. I, I was just always in the library. That's the, I was always there. So, so um, that was pretty big for me as well. So poetry definitely influenced my life, but but I will say that poetry, even though that was something that kind of helped me go towards. Sorry, my cats are playing around in here. If you hear if you hear anything else, it's my cats playing around in here. They're super excited about this new couch, and I had the door closed, so they just they just want to be on it. <laughs> but anyways, as I was saying, uh, poetry was kind of the catalyst that helped me get into writing. Um, but I, I, I do specifically remember writing things when I was in fifth grade in elementary school. They were little short stories and I was a very demented kid. I must have been because I wrote short stories, uh, following a serial killer <laughs> and I would let my friends read it. And it came to be that my friends would tell their friends and then all of their friends would want to know what's going on in the next part. Like I, I like I got bored one day in class in fifth grade. So I wrote a short story about, it was kind of like, it's like a slasher, like a, like a, just a normal slasher story about the following this girl through, through high school. Uh, I think she was in high school and um, you know, she met a boy, a little romance in there, but this is like fifth grade writing. Okay. So it's not like great or anything. It, and this is, and this is before computers and stuff. So it was all like handwritten on, on notebook paper. And it was pretty long. Like they'd be like three to five pages long front and back. Uh, and then I just staple them together and be like, okay, this is part one. And I think it had like 13 parts by the time I stopped writing it. I don't think there was ever really an ending. Like she would always like 
find herself in these situations and then end up killing him, but he just come back. You know, so it's a very like Halloween story style. <laughs> so, but anyways, I would let my friends read it and they were obsessed with it. I don't know why we were just all obsessed with it. And so it finally got to my lit teacher. Uh, I guess she got a hold of one of like, like a copy of one or something because one of them was reading on reading it in class. And so she called me up to her desk and she's like, and she's like, you know, this this is this is pretty good. And I'm like, really? <laughs> I didn't know if she was just trying to be nice or if she if she was like, you know, for a fifth grader writing, you know, a story about a serial killer slashing people. I'm surprised she didn't call my parents and been like, yo. <laughs> let me tell you about your daughter in class today <laughs> what she's right like do we need to have a talk <laughs> but no and then actually she asked if i could write something for uh the local newspaper um for the county and i was like uh sure so i did and it got published in this newspaper but it wasn't it wasn't the story about serial killers it was it was a completely different story and i can't even remember what it was about but my mom, she always kept those clippings and stuff for the paper, from the paper whenever I was in it. But I was in it for like little things like, you know, science fair, um, uh, like poems, that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't like a huge, huge thing. But fifth grade, you know, like 11, 11 year old me was like, yeah, like I'm cool. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's something that I did in fifth grade. And I didn't even remember it until I was uh, talking with another podcaster. Um, she asked me the question of how I got into writing. And I talked about my poetry first. And then at one, as soon as I got off with her, I was like, dang, wait a second. I remember writing those short stories when I was in elementary school <laughs> that were probably very disturbing and should not have been, <laughs> should not have been shared with everybody. But but my friends liked it, and I, I would say that there was like 13, 14 parts to that story. Like, I was like, it was almost like I was like a one-woman, uh, like, short story, like, newspaper just going around the school. <laughs> and I only had one copy. It wasn't like I was making multiple copies. I just had one. So they would just pass it around, and I'd get it back, and it had, like, stains and tears on it because they were, like, flipping around on it. And I was like, whatever. But, but yeah. Poetry definitely probably helped me more slide into uh, into writing books. Um, I love I'd love to hear other people's experience about what they've done or or basically if they write poetry or if they or if they would think that poetry kind of helped them with their writing as well because I think poetry is extremely helpful with writing because you have to I mean when you're writing poetry you don't have to think about it. But if you're thinking about like iambic pentameter and, you know, rhyming words and things together, like a, a lot of my poetry rhymes just because I love, I like rhymes. I think it sounds really nice and flows well. But I mean, poetry, you can write it any way you want to. There's really no style, reason, form that you have to, you have to fit. There's no mold to it. You can make it anything you want. I mean, you can have you can have a poem and just have six words. I mean, it doesn't even that's that's why I like poetry is because there's really no rules to it. And no one can really tell you like, oh, you can't do that because it's poetry. You can do whatever the hell you want. So that's that's why I really like that genre. In fact, I was actually thinking of possibly dropping a surprise book on Inkit, a poetry book um, that that is 
that features um, some of the poetry that I've written back in the day. I might go back and tweak it and, and kind of have a theme with the poetry book, but I think that that would be that would be a nice little little gift to my readers for them to, to check out in between when I'm writing novels and things. As for my thriller book, I am almost finished. I, I said this, I've said this like three times now. Every time I think it's almost finished, something happens in the book where I'm like, nah, I need to explain this more. So I need to write more about it. And I am literally, I would say I have like I'm 90% done, 90% done guys. And I just have maybe a few more chapters left, but it's at the very end. And I finally know who did it. <laughs> like, what do you mean you finally know who did it? Well, because uh, it was a mystery book. And basically what I did is I, I'm having my mom kind of beta read it right now. It's completely unedited so I told her I was like look this is a completely unedited version and the only reason I'm doing this for you is because you keep bounding me about when you're going to get to read the next chapter so I can't take the time to edit it and so basically I'm writing it and I'm just kind of sending it to her and I think I think I was about 75% done and I asked her I was like so who do you think who do you, like what do you think is going on like who do you think is the person kidnapping these children and she's like um she's like well I don't think it's this one I was like okay I was like cool well but but who do you think it is and she's like I don't know and I was like perfect because I don't know either and she's like, what do you mean you don't know? And I was like, well, it's a mystery to me, too. I won't know until I until I finish up the actual book. And um, and I did it that way specifically because if I don't know who did it, then I don't expect my readers to know who did it for most of the book either. I mean, it's a mystery, right? So so I was glad she didn't know who did it. And then the other thing that I that I asked her because I thought it was also important. I said, where do you think the children are? Because there's kidnapping in this book, okay? Um, and I was like, so where do you think they are? And she's like, um, and so she kept guessing. She kept guessing places. She was like half correct. Um, she was correct about it being in a certain place, or not a certain place, but she was correct about uh, like the general area, but she wasn't correct about the place it was actually in, if that makes sense. I don't want to give too much away because I think it's a really good book. At least I do. And I don't want to spoil it for anybody. So when she, so when she didn't know right off the bat where they were, I was like, all right, cool. So we're, we're definitely okay. You don't know where the kids are. You don't know who did it. We're 75% of the way through. Great. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, I don't want, I, I mean, I want people to guess along uh, with, with uh, the protagonist in the book to kind of figure, you know, to piece things together. And some people are really smart. They might be like, oh, yeah, I saw that a mile away. You know what I mean? And that's fine. But my mom, she's pretty smart, too. Like, we like doing the escape rooms together. And for her to be like, I have no idea right now. She's like, there's, there's so many people it could be. Because I put a lot of red herrings in this book, guys. Like, I play Nancy Drew games. I don't know if you guys know about the Nancy Drew games like her interactive, but I play those things. I have every single Nancy Drew game that came out. I think there's 33 of them, 33 now. 
And I own every single one. I played every single one multiple times. Like, like I make mysteries. <laughs> like, I love mysteries. I mean, CSI was one of my favorite shows growing up as a kid. We watched it every single night. So, like, Grissom, man, he was cool. So, so that's kind of how I wanted this book to be. I didn't want it to be obvious. Because you know how you're reading a mystery book and you're like, God, this is so obvious. Like, I know exactly who it is. Or even even if uh, even if you're wrong, you're like, well, he was my second guest. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's kind of how I wanted uh, to do the mystery book. So I hope. Um, oh, and the other thing is, is on October 1st, I'm actually posting the synopsis for the book on my Inkit platform. It's not going to be on my Facebook one, but it's going to be on my Inkit platform. So. If you want to go check it out on Inkit, um, don't forget to, to head on over there um, uh, on October 1st. It will be up, and you can actually read the, what the synopsis is for, for the book. Um, I actually have not revealed that to anyone, but, um, like, my mom knows and a couple of friends know, like, in person. I haven't written it down anywhere. I don't think anybody actually knows yet. So that will be that. I, I did reveal the cover work, like, I want to say a month or two ago, um, just because I'm excited about it, and I, and I made the cover art early. It, I haven't posted it on Facebook yet, but that will um, probably be posted on October 1st, and then also posted again on October 1st on my Inkit platform for my new followers who may not have seen it. That's the only thing with Inkit is that I really like the wall and everything, but I can't post videos on there. And I really want to because I've, I've made some pretty good videos. And I also can't, um, it, you can't like go searching through people's wall. Like you can't, there's no search feature where you can just be like, can I, you know, or picture like albums, kind of like how Facebook is where you can just click on the photo out of albums and go. But that's the only thing. So things kind of get pushed down to the bottom where, where people aren't really going to scroll all the way down to find your first ever wall post. So that's the only thing I kind of, and I, I, I'm not too worried about the, the album stuff because Facebook does that for me, but ink it. Y'all need to, y'all need to let me post more than just pictures. Like I want to post videos on my ink it platform. So y'all need to figure out how to, how to do that for us. That is a feature that I'm requesting, <laughs> but anyways, um, let me know about your poetry experience. And what kind of poetry that you guys like to write? Obviously, I wrote dark poetry, so it's very emo. <laughs> but um, there were some I did try uh, and fiddle around with other genres. Um, there's a lot of genres that I'm fiddling around with right now, and uh, on Inkit. So this is my first time writing a mystery thriller book. So I hope you guys are excited as I am, because um, I'm really excited about it. Especially, I'm actually really excited to go back and start editing it. I don't know why I've, I've never I've never been excited about editing a book before but this one I actually am kind of excited to go back and reread and be like okay maybe I should put more foreshadowing here or or something I don't want to give things away but I, I'm actually excited to go back through and see how that mystery kind of pieced together in through the main character's eyes um, because it, it, there's a lot about her life in there and what's going on with her personally, but then you also have the mystery kind of sprinkled throughout. So there's that. So 
You guys have a good one. Have a safe, spooky season. Uh, if you have not started decorating your house, uh, October 1st, deadline. <laughs> you need to start decorating your house now. Um, so I will see you guys all next time. Bye.